It's the Locked On Canes podcast where it's all about the you. My name is Fred Purdue. I am one of your hosts. I'm joined by Cam Underwood, a, a very happy Cam Underwood, I should say. I am. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, y'all can hear it in my voice. I'm tired. Um, on the edge of getting sick. Um, obviously, dealing with uh, a lot of the clapbacks and um, commentary about this bowl game makes me kind of sick to my stomach. But hey, you know. Um, yeah, so if you're going to speak it into existence, Fred, sure, I'm happy. Let's go. It's a Monday. Hey, man, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying, I'm to, I'm I'm trying to get you turned up. But, uh, and we'll see. <laughs> so we have, it is a Monday, and we found we have bowl game news. We have player news that will t- tie into this. So today is bowl season, the good, bad, and ugly. We'll talk about, we won't be necessarily talking about Miami specifically, but we'll be talking about some bowl games that interest us the good, the bad, and the ugly. But before we get into that, uh, let's get the house cleaning out of the way. Make sure you go follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCanes. Make sure you go follow Cam on Twitter at Underwood Sports. Follow myself on Twitter at FredPurdueCFB. That is P-E-R-D-U-E. Just got to put it out there. So, Cam, we have a little hurricane. Oh, hey, wait. Sorry. Before Uh we, we get there, obviously, be sure that you guys like and subscribe on here podcast app of choice apple music spotify itunes uh podomatic stitcher um all of those any of those like subscribe give us five stars we appreciate it now as you were saying fred so we have canes news we have player news uh one trevon hill decided to uh skip the bowl game well he his defensive line mate uh Jonathan Garvin has decided to follow his lead. He is leaving the University of Miami early to prepare for his NFL ventures, uh, and he will be skipping the bowl game. The bowl game as well. Um, you had a little bit to say about this, and I thought about clapping back on you on Twitter, but I said, "Nah, hold on, I'll wait and hold it to the show." You already know that I'm here for the smoke. I don't care who it is. When it is, anytime, anywhere, anything, just like you know the Miami Hurricanes of old. Uh, so hey, if you want to bring the smoke, that's fine. So uh, smoke it up, then let's get it. All right. So, so here's how you said on Twitter something along the lines of, and, and before I want to preface this by saying I have no problem with him skipping the bowl game. He is going to the NFL. I have no problem with it. Cool. Okay. I've kind of I, I I'm I'm slowly coming around on that whole. Guys, skipping the bowl game thing. I'm so, uh, so you're not one of those people who says he's not going to be a top five round draft pick. He's the biggest moron of life ever to do that because I got a lot of those people in my mentions. I have, I have. It's a double to, double-edged sword for me because I'm okay. slightly on part of. I'm with you, but I'm not with you. So I wasn't. I was not the one who said that. I'm just putting out what other people said. Okay. Okay. I so, so I'm not against it because he has to feed this man has to feed his family and he has to do what is best for him. Go get your okay. money. I am never okay. against a guy going and getting his money. I am okay. sometimes against players that skip bowl games, but in this situation, Miami is six and six. They're playing a trash bowl game. Um, I have no qualms. You can go ahead and go. Both of you, both both of these great D linemen can go. So with that being said. I think John, where I have to clap back a little bit at you is I do think that Jonathan Garvin, uh, while he has decided to come out, and that's great, I don't see him as a top 100 pick. 
and I don't all I see him more as maybe a, a mid four, early okay. five. Right. But so that's where I say I'm okay with him being with him going, never against you getting your money. But make sure your your next move is your best move, and you know you. I mean, off the top, he's not he's not better than the Chase Youngs of the world. He's not better than the the AJ Espinezas of the world. He's not uh, the Iowa the Iowa DN the Ohio State DN. He might not even be the best. He's not even better than his own teammate in Gregory Russo. We understand that. So let's Gregory get that. Russo's not draft eligible. So I, I get that, about? but I'm saying right now, if you, if Gregory, but I mean, no, 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 no. If you're gonna make the com, the com, the, the comparison, then you need to talk about draft eligible guys. Draft, okay. Because you know what I mean. Because like, it's not as though Gregory Russo is gonna take his Jonathan Garvin's draft spot this year. So what? So what are we talking about? And actually, if you want to talk about <clears throat> um, the counterfactual, then why would Jonathan Garvin wait until next year and then have his position? potentially depressed further by Russo also maybe leaving as a third-year sophomore. And you're a year older, and you have another year of hits and everything for free on your body. And that's why I'm okay with him leaving because, again, the the toll that these players take, the thing, the, the toll that these players take on their body, well, regardless of position, especially defensive line, especially running back, their lifespans are a little bit less, um Shorter than the quarterback who doesn't get touched. Um, corners. Assuming he doesn't get touched. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Some of these quarterbacks get just blasted. So uh, I'm not. But it's it, a lot of times when I, the the confusion with the NFL draft a lot of times is, and I think we're gonna. I think I might have to reach out and we may have a, a few NFL draft uh, folks on here. I might have That's to right. might have to throw out throw out the little. The the net out there. I got some mm-hmm. some guys we might have to talk to, um, sure. but the the misconception. Everyone thinks your favorite college player is really good and he'll be a first round pick. Well, first off, there's only 32 of those, so good luck. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with being a second round pick. Pick Drew Brees was the number 33 overall pick. Essentially, that's a first round pick. It just has a number two to it. You're the next best guy. And a, the thing about the NFL draft is it's about value. If I can get two players for the price of one, and I can say this guy now is a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, I can wait on him and everyone else is waiting on him. Why overspend that premium draft pick and go reach on a guy? And, and I'm just throwing out names, you know, Bruce Campbell, offensive tackle, uh, Maryland. Bruce Campbell played in the league for 22 years. He's an outlier. <laughs> he, they can't, I mean, seriously, he's, he cannot be the foundation of your argument. No, no, I'm talking the Maryland Bruce Campbell who played all for the Raiders, who played for all of maybe a few years. He didn't play long. Um, oh, that one. That I'm sorry, one. I was thinking Bruce Matthews. My no, 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 no. No, I'm talking the Bruce Campbell who was a he was a complete. You know, he 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 was a freak of a of nature player athlete. But he didn't last long, and you could have waited on him. Guys like Darius Hayward Bay, you can wait on guys like him. Um, I'd even go as far as, say, a receiver uh, like a Philip Dorsett could have waited on him. He didn't have to be a first-round pick. You could have gotten him. He was. He was, but you can wait on guys like that. Uh, and get them later. I'll get, for example, or even a current player that you could that was waited on. Um, one Chris Godwin, 
from the uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, formerly of Penn State. He could have possibly been a first-round pick, but he was drafted later on, and we're just talking offensive players. Uh, certain positions get pushed up, pushed up quarterback. Uh, guys like Christian Ponder, um, Blaine Gabbert, those guys get pushed up. Jake Locker get pushed, EJ Manuel even. Those guys get pushed up because of the position and everyone needs one and there's a lack of those types of players. But running backs, you can wait on those guys. Receivers, you can sometimes wait on those guys. Middle linebackers, you can wait on those guys. Yeah, but Jonathan Garman doesn't play any of those positions. So, and to me, in the conversation, another part of the conversation that I had that I'm interested on your take, Mm -hmm. I came into this season 100% believing that Jonathan Garman was going to leave. So what's different now? The statistics were a little bit lower because he got double teamed and he played in the scheme a little bit differently, which freed up Gregory Russo to be, you know, the ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year, have 14 sacks. Like, those sacks came from somewhere, and they came from John Garvin being targeted by the opposing offenses and their their blocking scheme and what they ran. But what demonstrably on the field did he do to depress his value based upon or from what we saw? I say nothing. And the only difference was a little marginal statistical differences. I can agree with you a bit on that. It's more so the players that are in front of him uh, just tend to be a little bit better. I mean, if we're just going. There's always going to I mean, most people are going to have players in front of them. That shouldn't stop everybody from getting drafted. You know, like he's still going to get drafted. So where do you, you know. do you see him first off? Because the way this the position is played now, um, he's a pure pass rusher. He's a little bit on the undersized. He's a little bit undersized. Under 6'4", 260. Yeah, and and even still at the NFL level, that's undersized. You're you're a the one thing we'll have to figure out is if he can play in space. Can he stand up? And that's going to be the one question because nowadays with these hybrid defenses, the real question is: Can a guy like him really can he stand up there and be that that outside rush end? Uh, a la a nowadays uh, JPP, um, Dante Fowler. I mean, you can however you want. And we might have to have that crossover episode with the Locked On Draft guys. But um, Trevon Hill is more of the traditional defensive end in a 4-3. But, again, with so many defenses being hybrid defenses in the NFL, it's a little bit more skewed. And that's partially where he may fall a little bit. I think that he fits. I think that he has the athleticism to do things that they're going to ask him to do at the next level. I mean, he had five and a half sacks last year, five this year. Yeah, he went from 17 tackles for loss to nine and from 60 tackles to 37. So his percentage of tackles for loss stayed roughly the same. And the raw numbers went down in one last game because, again, he was being targeted by the opposing offenses and still had comparable sack numbers and two forced fumbles. What, like I don't, I don't see where all of a sudden you know like I get that the NFL draft is, it's not even a beauty competition. It's like, it's it's basically the lunchroom table, where you're just playing the dozens. Nobody's good. Nobody looks good. Nobody plays well. Nobody speaks well. Nobody is presentable. Nobody is good. You're. It's just what's bad about you. That's all the NFL draft evaluation process is. Of course. How how bad so can I, I get talk that, you I get that I get and I and I get that you're nitpicking on John Garvin. I'm gonna stay on the side of there's so much to like that he wants to go and 
that's fine. I know that it's a slightly different situation because he was a fifth-year senior. Alan Hearns was undrafted and got a monster contract after, you know, he proved himself at the next level. What's to say that John Garvin, being a fourth, maybe a fifth-round draft pick, doesn't come into the league and do the same? I can agree with you. Uh, it, it's a chance he's going to take. And unfortunately, um, it's one of those things that when guys take chances, like an like Alan Hearns going undrafted, which I still don't understand that one. Cause he, but he was a fifth-year senior, so like it wasn't a chance for him. He had no more eligibility. Yeah, yeah, I get that. No, I'm saying like how him going undrafted, that doesn't make any sense to me. He was very productive. Uh, right. But uh, the, I, I tend to, when I look at the NFL draft, I look at the NFL draft through the lens of a either a scout or a GM building a team. And if I see that I can get a John Garvin by saying, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this. In reality, you do like you do like the a little a few of these things. But in re- it's one of those things I can if I talk him down, I'm also telling you I'm talking him down, which makes you change your opinion in some cases. And he may fall to me where normally he would never fall. I Yeah, but also like it it's it's just like it's like dating, you know what I mean? Like, you see a mm-hmm. hot girl and you neg her. Like, oh, wow, you know, like, oh, like, you single so long? Like, what, do you work so hard? Or, da, 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 you know, whatever. Uh, like, why are you single? And it's just like, oh, well, you know, so you, like, get the, you know, pr- player or whatever down themselves. But it's also telling of your interest because you know this very well. Your favorite team, which I'm not even going to mention, doesn't even talk about the people that they're really interested in. Because even if you're talking down about somebody, that lets others know that that person, that player is on your mind. So if you're out here saying, hey, Fred Perdue is a podcaster. He's not good. Hey, you know what? Why are you listening to him? Hey, you know, his opinion doesn't da 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 All of a sudden, Fred Perdue signs a seven-figure extension with ESPN. What? Huh? But you were saying all this stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we were thinking about him. We were listening to him. It was, he was on our minds. Same thing with the NFL draft. If you're talking about how this player is too small or too short or too slow or doesn't fit your scheme or blah, 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 blah. If you aren't shopping, why are you asking about the price? Why is it on your mind if you don't care? Agree. Agree. I can agree with you on that one. I can definitely agree with you on that one. I'd like to see John Garvin with his hand in the dirt. I don't think he's one of those guys that can just stand up. I just really don't think he can. Uh, some guys figure it out, but most guys, his size, he's going to be an undersized pass rusher. I think his ceiling could be a borderline starter, an edge setter, a pass, and a pure pass rusher. But he could also just be one of those guys that's a very nice situational pass rusher. And there's nothing wrong with that because guys like that get nice contracts. They get re- exactly. They get really so nice contracts. What are we talking about then? You know, like, oh, like, he can be a situational pass rusher. Cliff Averill for the Lions was a situational pass rusher, got traded to Seattle and got a, a, a Brinks truck backed up to him. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I mean, I'll put it to you like this. I just picked a random team, right? The Jacksonville Jaguars. One of their starting defensive ends, Yannick Ngakwe, is 6'2", 246. Yes, the other one is Calais Campbell, who's a mountain of a man. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already talked about him. But, like... Dude, you got guys in the league who are starting and playing and being playing well who are smaller than Jonathan Garvin. So miss me with the undersized. Miss me with he can't fit. Dwayne Smoot, they're back up to 
Calais Campbell, 6'3", 246, or 264, excuse me. So he's eight pounds heavier than Jonathan Garvin's listed and an inch shorter. Like, what are we talking about? Again, he's, it's like you're, you know, last week you, you got on me because, like, I exaggerated for comedic effect on this podcast. All that you guys do in the NFL draft is exaggerate, but it's not for comedic effect. You really believe that, and it's aggravating, and it's annoying. Like, honestly and truly. Like, is Jonathan Garvin going to be a first-round draft pick? Probably not. Is Jonathan Garvin going to be a low three to, like, mid-five, make a team, and make a name for himself? I absolutely believe that. I can go with that. Um, I think he'll. I think I'd probably, probably go somewhere... Like I said, mid early to mid four, only, and I'd probably stick in the middle of that, um, right. just because I feel, I feel like maybe early three is a little rich for me. I could kind of dial it back. And just, I, I said mid three, yeah, but yeah, like, what yeah. what happens if if and when he goes to the combine and lights it on fire? Oh yeah, he, and that and that goes into you know it. I mean? There's so many layers to this, and I think that's exactly. why we're gonna have to definitely kind of talk to our locked on draft guys and kind of see what their opinion is and see what maybe maybe we're, we're maybe we're kind of overblowing it or we may just be under. I may be underrating him. Um, by we we mean you. Yes, we mean me. Yeah, one. we know how you feel. We know how you feel. So um, right. I mean, and again, I don't see being a fourth or fifth round draft pick as a negative. Do you want to go higher? Absolutely you do. But to have people say the ceiling for Jonathan Garvin's draft status is a six? Oh, no. Definitely I not. I don't agree with that. Definitely that's, not. That's what I push back on. And look, this is still a player whom everybody widely, universally was saying after his sophomore year, He's going to be a three and done. He's going to have another great year as a junior. He's going to continue to progress. He's going to get, you know, his hands going even more, his feet going, loosen up those hips, continue to uh, develop his pass rushing moves, you know, and play, you know, on this team and then move on to the NFL draft. Sure, Miami lost more games than they should have this year. But I think that this discussion, especially discussing Jonathan Garvin, is ascribing the ills of the team to the individual, and I think that would be faulty logic. It can be. Uh, sometimes you you have good players on a bad team, uh, a team that we can just not figure out. And we'll, we'll kind of talk about that going forward of how that may be a topic of discussion. Players that teams that are just littered with good players and just find ways to to just blow it off. So the um, hurricanes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but we're here. The, the good people are here for our talk of our bowl game talk. And we'll be talking about the good, the bad, the ugly of bowl season. We'll give a couple games of e- for each uh, on the other side. If you're a Spotify user, use Spotify Rap to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at Locked On Canes on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. All right, so I always like to start with the bad. Let's just get the bad out the way. Uh, the ugly. There are what eight, what eighty four teams in, involved in these in these bowl games. Something. Is it that bad now? I yeah. thought it was seventy six. I thought it was thirty eight bowls. It was okay. I'm sorry, thirty eight. Okay, so seventy six bowl bowl teams eligible and. For me, one these bowl games definitely need to dial back because I just can't, I can't take it. I just really can't take it. it. They need it to me. I think the bowl cutoff should be eight and four. Can we just kind of agree on that? Um, nope. No, you want you want to see more six and six bad teams. Bowl games are television shows. 
they mean nothing. It is an exhibition. It is just, it is a, it's a show on television. Whether it's another episode of, you know, The Wire or Game of Thrones or Below Deck, which, you know, I love. Any of those. It is a television show. It has been said already that six and six gets you uh, bowl eligible, or six wins gets you bowl eligible, regardless of the number of losses. Also, it could be five and seven if your uh, academic progress rate is to that level. It doesn't hurt me any to have six and six teams in bowl games. It actually helps me because the Miami Hurricanes are six and six. But I don't even come from it from that standpoint. They're television shows. Put them on. Let them go. Watch it or don't. But it doesn't make me any difference. So, okay. So we'll start with the ugly. And do you want to – first off, let's preface this. Do we want to put New Year's Six Bowls in this one? Because, um, I mean, I don't – or or are all bowl games, um, are we limiting or just leaving it open? You can pick whatever you All want. Right. Bro. So we're gonna we're gonna put this thing. We're gonna make this thing open to every bowl game, including playoff games. So I'll kind of start this thing off. Florida Virginia is it's one of the New Year's Six games. Yes, I understand Virginia is a uh, was the ACC runner up. I understand that Florida is uh, like the what the third team available in this whole thing. Uh, with the SEC, but I hate this game because I know Florida is going to trash Virginia, a Virginia team that got completely blown out by Clemson, a Virginia team that struggled with Virginia Tech, a Virginia team that also what only scored seven points against against my against Miami. Nine, nine. Nine, I'm sorry, nine. So nine points against Miami, what, what was it, 14? 17. Nine. 17, okay. So – Virginia's not being able to not they're not putting up big time points. And they want and against they're going up against a defense that is pretty good. Florida's defense isn't bad. And Miami put up points on that same defense. And their offense has kind of evolved a little bit because they have a whole different quarterback situation with Felipe Franks going out. Uh with now they have Kyle Trask. So and some tight end that claims he's the best tight end in football. I don't believe it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. He's uh, good. He's, he's good. Not he's not Jordan. He's not Brevin Jordan. He's definitely not Brevin Jordan. Um, so, I just, to me, this matchup screams Virginia getting their face kicked in. I agree. I, I've said it all year. And, obviously, you know, Virginia fans wanted to push back on it because, you know, they were 8-4 and four and ranked. But – you know, I fully expected Miami to beat them because Virginia is extra regular. They are nothing special. And you come and you lose to a Miami team that turns out to be bad. And I'm supposed to now think that a Florida team that beat a Miami beat Miami and Miami beat you and you're supposed to go and beat Florida. Unless half of the team for Florida sits out, which they're not going to. Because the ancillary part of this is Florida is trying to come to South Florida and put on a show for recruiting purposes. So... You know, they're going to play at Hard Rock Stadium, obviously in Miami Gardens. There's Norland right there. Isaiah Walker Jr. Um, is a Florida commit, and that stadium is walking distance from that high school. Miami Carroll City is right there. If you go down to 183rd and over a mile, Miramar High School is right there. Uh, Flanagan, Champagnade, Chaminade. There's all these high schools that are right there, and everybody's going to be watching it. They're trying to come put on a show, so those guys are not going to sit out. They're trying to put up points. They're trying to put up a 50-burger. They're trying to do all those things. And Virginia's going to let that happen because Virginia's not that good. And, yeah, I agree with you that it's going to be um, a face getting kicked in, doors getting blown off, all those things in favor of the Florida Gators. And I hate to see that because I hate them. 
but that's what's about to happen. I think everyone hates. I think everyone hates everything to do with Florida Gators, unless you're a Florida Gator enthusiast, which uh, I, I feel very sorry for you. Um, you were if raised you in. Young. You were raised improperly, but hey, whatever. Um, so, is is there anyone for you as far as the ugly? Is there a particular game that you may not like, or just the matchup just isn't? You know, the two teams just matched up isn't great. Well, let me look down the list really quickly. Um, um, mm, mm, I mean, other than Miami's bowl game, duh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say maybe that Birmingham Bowl, Cincinnati at number 21 versus a 6-6 six and six Boston College team. Um, and in general, I read a piece, I forget where it was. No, it was a thread on Twitter. A uh, guy talking about how underranked or under-seeded or placed these um, group of five teams that were really good were this year. You know, like they were, or even, you know, teams that had 10 or 11, 12 wins, just not really getting rewarded for their seasons. I mean, just a 10 and 3 Boston College team, I'm sorry, Cincinnati team playing Boston College, what reward is that for the amazing year that they had? You know, uh, same thing for Appalachian State, 12 and 1. You know, like they get some regular, regular, you know, bowl game uh, pairing. And uh, in, in that sense, I, I would have liked to see some of those games get realigned. So even if those group of five teams with 10, 11, 12 wins were playing each other or like a decent, breathing, living uh, power five team. But in general, they just got placed with, you know, the dregs of the earth. And it, it really is unfortunate considering, I mean, like Appalachian State went into North Carolina and South Carolina and won this year on the road, both of those teams. And then, like, they just get some extra regular, regular, you know, middle of the afternoon on the 27th kind of bowl game. It's kind of, you know, and I'm not a person who stomps for the group of five often, but it is a little, it sucks for them is what I'll say. The fact that they are a 17-point favorite in this game says so much. And this is a, <laughs> Excuse a, me. This is a UAB team that, I mean, they're they're nine and four. They finished first in the West in the CUSA, but they got their doors blown off by FAU and Lane Kiffin's final game. And by mm-hmm. the way, he should have he made the wrong decision. I mean, he should have stayed as an offensive coordinator, but that's a whole other story uh, for another day. Uh, he should have been Miami's yeah, offensive but, coordinator. But hey, but for me, but for me, a number twenty Appalachian State, you could you could get a UAV game any year. You know what I mean for them. Like, and it's going to be a great New Orleans Bowl. Like, hey, you know, I would love to, you know, just hop on a plane and go and do a weekend in New Orleans and go watch that game because I think the game is going to be fun. But especially for an App State, I think that they were under underserved in terms of Definitely agree. their bowl game. Definitely agree. Hey, and I'll say the same thing for FAU. FAU 10-3, and three, you know, conference champions. They're playing the Boca Bowl against SMU. SMU, another 10-win Power 5 team. Like, I think both of those teams deserved better than they got. But maybe that's just me. So we'll talk about the uh, the bad. Let's talk about the bad. The bad 
I'm going to stay, as I've been looking throughout these bowl games, the bad for me is this Notre Dame-Iowa State matchup. Ooh, good pull. I, I, I really, at first I said Georgia-Baylor or Iowa State-Notre Dame. I mean, Georgia-Baylor is just too easy, so I'm not going to do that. And I just don't like the contrasting styles. But this one here, um, Notre Dame, I just – there's something about this team that screams that they should be a little bit better than what they were. Uh-huh. And this Iowa State team is just so sneaky. Every single time I've, – I've, I kid you not. Every single time I put a little bit of coin on the opposite end, Iowa State takes my money. So I, look, you can just send it to me instead of betting Iowa State. That would be a more effective use. I of mean, what? I I still don't. You got understand. my cash app? Yeah. Sign Cam Underwood. Holla at me. Honestly, whatever you're gonna put. I might on as well Iowa just State, send it to you instead of betting against you those as, guys. You I might mean, as well. I mean, I just Matt Campbell's a good coach. It is what it is. He's just a good coach, and they have a pretty good quarterback. And uh, those guys just don't quit. It's just something about them. They just have this. I mean, the the black helmets are dope too, but I, I don't too much. I don't say that too often. I mean, I used to call those guys the fake USCs because they look like they look like a, a USC knockoff. Like if you were to go to, to the dollar store and all that, but those guys have really turned it around. And I'm just gonna call it like I see it. I might see. I'm I, Notre Dame might make Brian Kelly turn a little purple in this one. I hate Brian Kelly. I hate Notre Dame. I hate Notre. Dame. I will never, you know, forget. Who do you hate more, Florida or Notre Dame? Yes. <laughs> Brian Kelly sent Declan Sullivan to his sure and certain death in the name of practice video, and people have forgotten that. I'm never going to forget. I'm never going to forgive. If that makes me a bad person, then so be it. But I urge you to go back and read about what Brian Kelly did on that, and Notre Dame co-signed that. No, I'm not here for jokes about Notre Dame. I'm not here to root for them. No, like – you're always going to be that that program. And Florida, you know, like I just hate also as well in addition. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm not here for that. And I think that the game is going to be uh, pretty bad also. Um, I just think that Notre Dame as a team is better than Iowa State this year. And, yeah, that's going to be a pretty bad matchup. That for game me. is in my backyard, by the way. I might have to – Dan, Notre Dame is only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. It would be lovely to see those guys cry. I would enjoy that greatly, and I'm still, you know, riding on the high from 41 to 8 in 2017 <laughs> when they came in cursing up a storm, you know, being good role models for mm-hmm. the Catholic University of America. You know, F that and F this, and they're going to F that. And they got their doors blown off. It was such a party. Oh, man. Um, my bad. <sighs> And again, I'm removing the Miami Hurricanes bowl of game course. from consideration because we're going to talk about that later. Uh, my bad is going to be, I'm not going to shy away from it. I'm going, actually, <laughs> Wake Forest, Notre Dame. Or Wake Forest, Michigan State. Ooh, that was one I was considering. Yeah, yeah. yeah that one. I bad. think Michigan State is really bad. I think the Wake Forest, yeah, they had some injuries. Yeah, they kind of tailed off after a very, you know, hot, undefeated, what was it, five or six or seven, mm-hmm. no start. Um, but nah, man, nah, nah. That's going to be some bad football. Exactly. Like, you got to really. You got to love college football. You got to love you some football. 
if or be associated and affiliated with either of those teams if you're going to sit through that entire game in the pinstripe bowl. And again, yes, this is talking as a Miami Hurricanes alum who runs a Miami Hurricanes blog and has a Miami Hurricanes podcast telling you that another game is going to be very poor. That should tell you how bad it's going to be. And also as well, in addition, I'm not shying away from the fact that it's also going to be poor in the Miami game, but we're going to talk about that later. So we'll kind of swap over to the good. You know, we always like to save the good stuff for last and put a bow on the show. So we'll kind of talk about the good on the other side. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence when it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code LOCKEDON. Try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, so I have a one that's going to tug at the heartstrings, right? So my my good. In the beginning, I said, I'm going to pick some really big-name team to go ahead and finish this one with, and I'll have some stat that will go with it and some former play. Nah, 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 nah. So I'm going to make this simple. Washington, Boise State. Chris Peterson is calling it a day as far as a coach. He's being elevated into what we would call upper management, and he is going to have a role there. But to see – In the athletic department yes, structure at, yes, at yes, Washington. Yes, at, at Washington. So this, is, this will be his last game. And I have a bit of a I, – I have a bit of a, a thing. I've always liked Chris Peterson. I mean, from Statue of Liberty to beating Oklahoma. I mean, who doesn't like – that is the definition – his run at Boise State was like the definition of a success story, bottom to top. And, you know, they never got – I wish he's the one coach with the one team. I wish dearly would have got a chance at a national championship against a Power 5 school or what we call a Power 5 school now. Even if they would have gotten their doors blown off, they are the one school. Forget UCF. Yeah, I want all the smoke today. Forget UCF, forget TCU, forget Utah. None of those teams could handle it. But I swear I wish Boise State would have had an opportunity. And he finally got a chance to see what he could do at Washington. And he instantly put that team on the map a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you have to look for the non-football reasons to put this game up there. Because, honestly... This wouldn't even be the matchup if Chris Peterson were continuing on as Washington's head coach. Of course, of course. It is because that he is retiring or stepping away from coaching that a 7-5 and five Washington team is playing a 10-2 and two or whatever it is Boise team. Like, in, you know, 
uh, I did leave I, with heartstrings. I did. Yeah, leave. exactly. And I mean, that's all that there is to it. You can have the heartstrings. I'm not going to. You're not going to indulge I, me on that. Okay. I, I will indulge you. I will not join you in that journey. If it were, if you take all of the off-field stuff out of it, I'd probably say this 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 playoff game. I've been waiting for two teams that are evenly matched. Clemson, Ohio State would probably be the one, the good. That's the one game. I think they got the four right, and I can't wait to see it. Fair. Mine, I'm going to cheat. Oh, you're cheating. And say both. Both playoff games. <laughs> I mean, because you stole my thunder by hopping back in because I was going to say just that one. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean the state that. south of Michigan. Nah, it's all good. Um, yeah, but, I mean, that is going to be a knockdown dragout fight. Um, and then LSU, Oklahoma. Also, um, I'm a person who enjoys seeing greatness, and I think that you're going to see that from LSU. Um, there's offensive greatness for Oklahoma. You might get intermittent defensive greatness, but LSU, I believe, is greatness, capital G. Um, both of those playoff games are, going. I think, they are, they're going to be spectacular. They're lining up to be spectacular from now. Um, and I'm really excited to see where they can go. If you want to talk about, you know, heartstrings and good Go ahead. Um, Do it. Things, you know, good feelings and whatnot for your ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say then Auburn, Minnesota in the Outback Bowl. That would have been um, my ugly. That would have actually been one of my uglies too. You know, Auburn. Or at least a bad. I don't think it's going to be a bad. Auburn, you know, they have all kinds of talent. Uh, their quarterback has been inconsistent, so that's kind of put the ceiling on their season a little bit. Um, but, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm buying what P.J. Fleck is selling. I... I mirror his mentality on so many levels. That row the boat mantra, even though I didn't use those words when I was a teacher and running a, my own choir program, that was a thing. You know, just put your head down and work. You know, excellence, uh, perfection, and nothing less. Like those kind of uh, mantras and, and mentalities. I agree with, and I think that you know Minnesota is having. I, I mean, I don't think I know that they're having the best season that they've had, and who knows when. You know. Um, and, yeah, if you bring in the outside stuff of the fact that, yes, I followed P.J. Flex since he was at Western Michigan, and then he's here in Minnesota, and he's taking years to build it up and, you know, get his program set and, you know, talk about, you know, supporting his guys and things like that. Again, this is the, the, the heartstrings being pulled and tugged. That would be my game that I would look that way for. As we kind of put a bow on this whole bowl season, uh, Good, bad, and ugly. Um, and I didn't even mention the Michigan, uh, Michigan Alabama game, which I'm just like, ugh. If Tua would have been in it, it would have been. I might have. I might have spent the coin to go see that, but no Tua, no coin. Sorry, Alabama. I mean, we've seen this movie before. There's going to be some guys from Michigan who sit out. Don Brown is going to be, you know, praised for his level of defense, and he gave his defense gave up 62 and 59 in consecutive years to the school in the state south of Michigan in the season finale. If something like that's going to happen again, it might be only 38, it might be 45, but Alabama's going to put crooked numbers up on the board because Don Brown is overrated when you go up against big-time teams, 
and that is me as the Michigan native talking. That's me as, you know, living across the street from two guys who played on scholarship there at the University of Michigan. That's me having two uncles who went to the University of Michigan. I grew up as a Michigan man. I understand what that takes. I understand the mentality of that program. I was there for three games in the 2000, excuse me, 1997 championship season. Michigan is not that, and Alabama is going to remind everybody once again that Michigan now is not that. I had an interesting conversation. I think we'll talk, I'll kind of let you know about that off air, but I had a very interesting conversation about about um, about Michigan and all of their so-called success. It's all stats. It's all numbers. It's meaningless numbers. Shout out. Success to has been there, but it, you have to look at what do you qualify as success? Yeah. Nine wins, ten wins. Michigan has a bunch of those seasons. Lloyd Carr got fired for nine and three. Mm-hmm. You know, because nine and three every year is not good was enough. not good enough. Not good enough at the University of Michigan. I need that to become what Miami standard is. Nine and three is not. Uh, I'm but good. I would like. But I would like to get to. But see, then in Michigan's case, I know that we're going to wrap this up. They thought nine and three wasn't good enough. They got rid of Lloyd Carr, and then nine and three wasn't even something they could dream of smelling and touching for many a year. So, like, you can go that route if you want to. It's a it's but a slippery you can also slope. Miss. It's that slippery slope, and I hate that term, but it's a because if you slope. don't hit it. If you don't hit it right then, and it goes from 9 to 11 every year, it's going to be that Rich Rod 6 and 6, 4 and 8, 5 and 7, and all of a sudden you're going to be wishing for 9 and 3. So be careful. Be careful what you wish for because you might just get it, and it might not be what you thought it was. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, Big announcement real quick before we get kind of going, before we get Uh out of here. Uh, Uh Nothing pertaining to the show. Um, uh-huh. we are getting closer to the, we are technically in the off season. So, uh, the show will be reduced down to about two to three episodes versus your typical five. Sorry guys. I know. Um, but when the season, when we'll kind of ramp it back up when spring comes and, uh, we'll actually, we'll ramp it back up for, um, recruit for signing for the official signing day. I will definitely, I might, I usually take off one day of, that's the one day out of the year I actually take off of work and I take that L because I want to know where everybody's going, but I also want to know it's the unofficial start to, to the following season. So, uh, but we will definitely, um, we'll keep the content rolling, but we're going to scale it back just a smidge, just a smidge. So, but, uh, while we do scale that thing back, make sure you're still following the show on Twitter at locked on canes for, uh, for all of the best updates on everything that you know about Canes, make sure you go follow myself on Twitter at FredPurdueCFB. That's P-E-R-D-U-E. And make sure you go can't follow Cam on Twitter at Underwood Sports. Be sure as you go uh, like and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podomatic, um, iHeartRadio, anywhere where you get your podcast. Be sure that you like, subscribe, give us five stars because even – Today, when you hear that I'm tired and my voice is gravelly as gravelly can be, I play hurt just to give you all this content so y'all can listen well, listen uh, comfortably, and give us those five stars. Appreciate you. For Cam, I'm Fred. This is the Locked on Canes podcast. It's all about the you, and we're out.